Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Just after sunrise, we saw the first group of migrants make their way from Mexico through a gap between the 30-foot steel border fence and rocks, ducking under a bit of razor wire and into the United States. We were surprised to see the number of people coming through from China, nearly 7,000 miles away. Our cameras, and at one point, this armed border patrol agent standing 25 feet away, did not deter them. Appreciate 60 Minutes taking on the border story on the most watched news show in America and alerting any of the oldsters out there that weren't already aware of this. That's going to drive Biden's numbers down, I'm guessing. You know, one thing Trump's got the brand of is he cares about the border. He established that brand day one. And, um, yeah, and Biden's numbers could not be lower. In fact, we can get into that NBC poll a little bit later. New poll came out yesterday, and, and, and Biden's just getting crushed on the two biggest issues in America, the economy and immigration. As he should be. Uh, a couple of comments on that 60 Minutes clip. Number one, it's one thirty in the morning. We're cleaning up. All the other guests have gone, and 60 Minutes shows up at the party. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, better late than ever, right? Second comment, undeterred by the armed uh, you know, Border Patrol agent who's standing there saying, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Hey, how you doing? I mean, why would you be deterred? Once you see the first 60 people walk past him, I wouldn't be very deterred either. Uh, I'm sure there are many reasons why he's just standing there watching it happen, but I would like to walk up to him and say, uh, by the way, something, why are you here? <laughs> I mean, what are you, well, if you weren't here, would things be any different? <laughs> Is he more like an usher? I don't know. In case anybody, oh, sorry, you can't bring your own food in, folks, <laughs> or, you know. No. Right, right. Can't bring in your own water. You have to buy water on this side of the border. Or is it like... Excuse me, excuse me. I'm supposed to go to somewhere called Nashville. Oh, head to the right and see that guy in the blue shirt. Ask him about it. He's an usher. Is it in case there's a fight? Like a couple of people get into a shoving match? Hey, keep calm, everybody. You're in the land of opportunity now. Let's all cheer up. Everybody gonna, everybody happy? Everybody in a good mood? Yeah, he's a greeter. <laughs> he's like the guy at Walmart. That's what he is. Welcome. Thanks for coming. Um, You need a cart? Welcome. Here's a little more Sharon Alfonsi from 60 Minutes last night. We saw people from India, Vietnam, and Afghanistan. Many of the Chinese migrants who came through will end up asking for political asylum. Did you travel by yourself or with family or friends? Uh, No, just me. Just you. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, van load, SUV load, after one after another, coming there. They pay. I think that crowd was paying four hundred dollars a piece just for the ride. That's after you get here, just for the, just the ride. We don't have that clip that I asked for. Okay, um, that takes the fun out of asking for him. Um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, 
So, uh, yeah, it, it's just it's a, it's a mockery of the idea that you even have a border. Has this ever happened in the history of the planet where you've got reporters, uh, government officials, everybody just standing around saying, look, that's something, isn't it? We're being invaded by other countries by the tens of thousands. And now I'll be knocked. I'll be damned. And just well, watching even it have happen for day car- after day, year after year. And you have cartel guys come through the fence, usher everybody in, uh, give the salute to the Border Patrol, and go back into Mexico. It's surreal. It's bizarre. And the idea that we need new laws to stop this is just, it's, it's galling. Having said that, there are some aspects of the proposed law, uh, the big giant, how, what is it, a thousand pages or whatever it is? Um, there are aspects of it that sound pretty damn good. I just... I feel like we're we're going through an exercise that exists only to cover Joe Biden's arse. Uh, so here's the announcement that the legislation came out yesterday, the details. They're going to actually vote on it in the Senate Wednesday, but the details hit yesterday afternoon. A group of senators from both parties released the bill last night, laying out tougher asylum rules and other beefed-up border security measures. The bill also includes $60 billion for Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel, and $10 billion for humanitarian aid in Gaza. An initial vote is set for Wednesday. So, and they have to get 60 votes for this thing to pass. There are already two Democrats that have come out and said no to it, and a handful of Republicans that are are, uh, insinuating no they might be in that situation that you are sometimes as a politician where you realize, okay, the House has already announced it's going down. I'm not going to stick my neck out here and vote yes since it's dead anyway. I want to be on the, Get you know. primaried, right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So what's included in it, uh, $118 billion package, which is nothing compared to the way we spend money, so don't get hung up on the money. Increases number of border security agents and asylum officers so they could actually um, process these people at the border, expands number of detention beds, increases screenings for fentanyl and other drugs, ends practice of catch and release. That one's frustrating, of course, because we had ended the practice of catch and release, and Joe Biden came into office and started it again. Trump had ended it, but was called a racist. Now, like three-quarters of America uh, wants it back again and has for quite some time. Raises qualifications for asylum requests. It's going to be a little harder to uh, meet those particular qualifications to call yourself an asylum seeker, expedites the approval denial process for asylum cases. And then this is the most controversial part. Uh, We'll put this in first. $62 billion in military support for Ukraine. This is the sweetener for, like, some Republicans and Democrats to try to get you to vote for it. The military support for Ukraine, $14 billion in military support for Israel, $10 billion in aid for Gaza, Ukraine, $5 billion for partners in the Indo-Pacific if you're worried about Taiwan. So you throw all that stuff in there to try to get certain people on board. But here's the most controversial part. The new bill grants the president and the Department of Homeland Security, they can shut down the southern border when encounters reach. Actually, they have to, although there's some argument over the word shall or must in the legislation. Uh, 4,000 over a seven-day period non-mandatory, 5,000 over a seven-day period mandatory, 8,500 in one-day period mandatory, like if there are 8,500 in a day. And we've had a whole bunch of days recently where we have 10,000, 11,000, 13,000. So, right, so just to make it clear, 4,000 a day for seven days. Um, they can shut it down, and if it becomes 5,000, they have to. Allegedly. Right. Mandatory. Yeah, um, okay. uh, 
But so the way some people are looking at it is, um, and you're about to hear from one of the senators who wrote it trying to explain it, the way some people are looking at it, okay, so you're so things continue the way they are up until 4000 a day on average for a week? That's not what I want. That What kind of border security is that? Uh, Senator Langford of Oklahoma is saying that's not the way you look at it. Here he is. The final element on this is the Border Emergency Authority. This is the most misunderstood portion of the entire bill. Uh, there's a perception that uh, this allows 5,000 people in a day to be able to come in. That is absolutely not what it is. When the border's being overrun, everyone is deported. Uh, you can still have an orderly request for asylum at a port of entry, but everyone else that crosses does not get to apply for asylum and has a very rapid turnaround to be able to make sure that we regain orderly control of the border. The border stays closed where everyone is turned around uh, until the numbers drop 25 percent. So uh, I heard him yeah, explain but that's that. from 5,000 to four. Uh, well, it, but it, 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 3,950 a day could come across indefinitely and none of this would be triggered. Right. That's the problem I have. Um, it, sure, it still seems like a pretty dang high number. And so so now we have a OK, if it goes s all nuts like it has over the last year or two. Mm-hmm. There's a mechanism that kicks in. Okay, well, the, so if it's half of S all nuts, it can just trickle in forever? Right. So, uh, I mean, just a 1,000 a day would be 365,000 a year, obviously. That's a hell of a lot of people. And that's that's a quarter of what it would take to trigger any shutdown of the border. So an argument that Ted Cruz is making, the other senator from Texas that's not John Cornyn, uh, that Ted Cruz, because he's a vote yes on this, Ted Cruz is making the argument, and, and he probably shouldn't have said this out loud, um, that's, that seems to be we we, we we do politics now, right? Nobody, None of this stuff is like, suggested or you have to go to a pundit to figure it out everybody just says out loud what they're doing (laughs) which is kind of funny but um senator ted cruz said look joe biden is so desperate to get some sort of legislation he's already announced he can't do it himself it has to be legislation he's absolutely getting killed on the border i mentioned that nbc poll i don't know if i have that handy right in front of me but he's he's down like 30 40 points to trump in handling the border um He's so desperate for legislation. Let's get everything we want and put that out there and pass it to get it signed. Why Mm. wouldn't we push for that when he's so desperate? Um, I'm having trouble with the counter to that argument other than it would never get through the Senate. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I just I find myself thinking about uh, uh, an imaginary behind the scenes meeting of the Republican uh, Senate. Where they say, all right, look, uh, we got to do what's right for Wall Street. We got to let the hundreds of thousands of cheap new workers uh, come in to fill the jobs and prop up Social Security. Uh, This month, uh, show of hands, we need five guys to go crazy as if sealing the border is the most important thing to us. Uh, Ted, okay. You could, Ted, who else? All right, you five. You get to go crazy about the border for this month. But it's all phony. You know, as Ted Cruz might be sincere as a as a Texas guy, or he has to be forceful about this, but I don't. I just none of it rings true to me. That's just every single aspect of, of this is a is a shadow show. You don't think any of them just plain want to secure the border? I think some of them probably do, but behind the scenes, as we've been discussing, Mitch McConnell, the leadership, runs the Senate in the same way that the leadership runs the House, and 
So you're, but so you're saying you think the 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 bulk of conversations are around how this issue is. What's the best way to use this as an issue? Should we use it now? Do we get more credit now, or would we get more credit later? Or does it more do more damage to them at election day? It's more about that than how do we stop all these people from coming in like we saw in sixty minutes last night. Right. Yeah, I guess uh, that was a very long, convoluted um, uh, reaction to you suggesting we can get everything we want now. So let's get it. They don't want everything they want. They're pretending to want that in large measure. That's frustrating. Well, that's why I'm so bitterly cynical about the whole thing. The whole thing makes me want to throw a punch. Well, we'll hit this NBC poll later because it is worth hearing. You groan when you hear polls. I groan when I hear polls. But this got a lot of people's attention yesterday because Trump, biggest lead he's ever had over Biden in any poll, in the NBC poll, showing that one from last week where Biden was ahead, clearly an outlier because every other poll shows this. Anyway, Hmm. on the economy, Trump leads by 20. That's the number two issue. He leads by 20. On the border, which is the number one issue in America, he leads by 30 points. That's, I mean, that's a stomping. If that was the sixth most uh, intensely watched issue in America, that would be significant to the election. But it's not. It's number one. It's surpassed inflation, for goodness sakes. That's amazing. Oh, we got to talk about that because Jerome Powell was on 60 Minutes last night talking about inflation. Spoke some truth to the American people. I don't know how many people saw it. Trying to point out what inflation is and is not to the dullards in the crowd. (laughs) Yeah, good luck. (laughs) That's the thing about dullards. They're, they're a little a tough nut to crack. I thought Jay-Z was way out of line at the Grammys last night, I must say. Among other things we've got coming up. Yes? <laughs> I was. I watched roughly three and a half minutes of the Grammys, and I was going to explain why, but I glanced yeah. at the clock and thought better of it. Also this hour, what is systemic grooming? As in grooming children for sexual abuse. Systemic grooming. Well, it doesn't sound good, whatever that is. Uh-uh. And what can be done about the Pineapple Express? All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. social media to see what was commented on tracy chapman who won a grammy for that song way back in the day and then luke combs the country artist who covered it which first time i heard it i thought really dude you're a giant successful guy but i heard him explaining how this is like the first song he ever learned on the guitar and he played it a gazillion times in bands and it's just something he's always wanted to sing so Mm. he had earned the ability to do that i think nothing wrong with that they sang it together there is some blowback as there always has to be in the modern world 
that, of course, Luke Combs had to cover one of the great uh, songs of all time uh, because a black gay woman would never be able to get her song on country music, even though there are plenty, not plenty of, but there are black artists and there are gay artists in the in the, in the world of pop country music. But I don't know. Why, why do you got to make everything a controversy? That song wouldn't have gotten on country radio at gunpoint anyway. No. I don't, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, it did It did with Luke Combs singing it, but. Well, um, right, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. And so I don't know, is he a systemic racist or a colonial occupier or to, transphobic? Which one is he? To Tracy know. Chapman's credit, she did not take the bait when asked about that and just said nice things about happy people still love her song and blah, 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 which was, you know. Again, it sings. It sounds like the singers are being perfectly reasonable about this. Oh no, no! I just really love the song. I played it forever. So, um, oh, it's it's cool. People are listening to it. There you go. There's your controversy. Why can't you shut up and listen to the music? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how money works anymore in the music business. She might have just been thinking or wanted to say out loud. I made like five million dollars off of him covering that song since I wrote it. So fine, everybody can cover it if they'd like. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> who's next? Uh, mentioning that sort of thing. First of all, one of the things I like about the Grammys is it alerts me to music I don't know, and then sometimes I really like it, and then listen to it. And I was looking through a lot of the categories that did not get on the TV last night, like Jason Isbell won for Best Americana Album. I'll check that out today, probably. The Best Alternative Music Album, somebody called Boy Genius, which was up a bunch last night. I'll listen to that today to check it out. But come on, Grammys organization. You've got to do some sort of lifetime medal achievement award for Metallica and then not nominate him for any more categories. If I was a metal singer or a metal band, I'd be so annoyed by this. Every uh. year, best album, best song, best everything goes to Metallica, as it did again this year. Every year. I think some years where they don't even put out any music, they reach back to an old one. Right. What is All that? your old Academy members, it's the only metal band they've ever heard of. <laughs> Oh, Metallica, I've heard of them. But uh, there's plenty to uh, hate watch about the Grammys. That's oh. what we were doing last night. We watched the whole thing pretty much, but um, this one is the one that annoyed me the most. The best audiobook narration and storytelling recording. Guess who it went to? Oh, am I going to vomit? Michelle Obama in her oh. reading of The Light We Care, Carry, yeah. overcoming uncertain times. Yep. Yeah, so there it goes. There, there, Obama! No politics in that whatsoever that Michelle Obama won the Grammy for Best Vocal Performance. Oh, come on. Well, we're out of time for me to tell you how much I hated the telecast and why I only lasted three minutes, but I could see hate watching it, especially with your teenage boys. Come on. We'll have time later because we got to get into the Tay-Tay controversy, among other things. No, we don't. Uh, <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
The president is definitely taking a victory lap. He won 97% of the vote. He put out a video thanking South Carolina's voters for really saving his campaign four years ago and said, you did it for me again. Now let's go win the whole thing. But look, only about 4% of registered voters in the state actually came out. What's that? So he got 97% of the 4% who came out. Okay. I don't even understand why this is a news story. Of course, why would you bother to come out anyway when the as sitting, a Democratic voter? When the primaries are going on for the sitting president, does it usually get this much coverage? I guess he is the weakest sitting president in, like, since World War II. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it certainly would merit coverage to talk about um, how other candidates have been excluded in a way that they haven't been mm-hmm. in the past. The Democratic Party, for all of their many, many sins, are incredibly disciplined as a party. The Republican Party is more like, yeah, whatever the voters want to do, I guess we'll let them do it. Mm. Which is admirable in a way, I guess. Unless it results in chaos constantly. Hello. Anyway, oh, speaking of politics, yes, I have checked, and that story did exist. James Clyburn, the great power broker of South Cackalack, is out and saying, yeah, Kamala Harris is the future of the party. Absolutely. She's a key for 24 and and absolutely got her ticket punched for 28. (laughs) And I just, I find it so astounding. I'm not quite sure if he's lost his mind or, or what. I just I don't get it. Even if he wants to promote black politicians or or, or whatever, why her? It is not, time for us to idiot. do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Mm. There are lots and lots of really crazy smart black people who could be in office. Hey, this just popped into my head. I was looking up at the TV, and they're talking about the Grammys. I don't think I saw a political speech last night. Were there any? Did the message finally get to Hollywood, maybe, that uh, nobody wants to hear politics in their speeches? If there was one, I missed it. I thought I saw a headline about Jay-Z saying something. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to talk about that later. I just thought that was petulant. He got up there and talked about how, by the way, my wife has won more Grammys than anybody in history and has not won Album of the Year. Explain that to me. And I thought, okay, you're billionaires. You're two of the most famous people on earth. Your lives could not be any better. How about you not complain in the 30 seconds you get to be on national television here? But, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I just thought that was, come on, what more do you want out of life? Could you be more successful, you and your wife? Good Lord, but not quite enough. Missed out on something. Oh, man, I tried to watch it, but I flipped it on, and then the open came. I saw it was the obnoxious Trevor Noah in charge. And, oh, and who, he, it, who likes Trevor Noah? Anybody? Uh, I can't imagine. But so he introduces uh, Dua Lipa, who uh, is a name I've heard a thousand times, and I've always wondered, is that a person? Is that a band? Is that a misprint? Is that a South Pacific Island nation? Shocking guess. It's a hot chick. Well, yeah, it turns out it is the, uh, what is required, an underwear model who performs gymnastics while singing <laughs> stock pop songs. And I guess so I, I watched her thing kind of partly because she was half naked and I am a heterosexual male. And uh, then then she gets done in the utterly, utterly unpalatable Trevor Noah with her. Oh, my God. Dua Lipa, raise the roof. Are you kidding me? Grammys. Yes, this is the biggest night of music. Look at all you folks. You look great. Give yourselves a hand. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can you look at the celebrities? Look at all of them. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, my God. Let's hear it for the celebrities. Look at these tables. 
Oh, yeah, round tables with people sitting around them. Raise the roof for the tables. I just noticed more celebrities. Let's hear it for the celebrities I didn't notice the first time. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> oh, man. So here's something funny about the Grammys. I'm down the hallway just now talking to the rock guys. These are guys, they do the morning show on the rock radio station, right? And I said, do you mention the Grammys at all on your show or what? And he said, I just got to tell you, because this is what he sounds like. I can't believe Taylor Swift snubbed Celine Dion like that. Like she's a statue. She walks right by her. Doesn't even acknowledge her. One of the greatest singers of all time just walks by her like she's a fence post. He was hot about it. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That was hilarious. That was not what I was expecting out of him. I don't even know what to say. (laughs) That is not what I was expecting out of him. Yeah, I guess I, I, it's got to be that human deal. But you know, it's funny that uh, that reminds me of the Jay Z thing in a weird way. If humans don't have problems, they invent them. Or if they don't want to deal with the actual problems they have, they invent other ones to care about the royal family and whatnot. Uh huh. I yeah. guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're going to show up at the Grammys, where between you, you've won like sixty, you and your wife, and you're billionaires. And you yes. got something to complain about? Yes. Oof. Wow. And you're a little hot about it. Right. Uh, I don't know if I'm hot about it. I just thought, wow, that's not a good look. I hope I don't ever do that. No, I mean, Jay-Z is, is oh. kind of, he's, he's a little torqued. Frankly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he absolutely was. Yeah, clearly oh, yeah. unhappy with the way your life's turned out as an icon and billionaire and super hot wife and... Getting cheated. <laughs> wow, okay. All right. For these stupid awards for pop music. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Super. So I used a, pro- a provocative term, systemic grooming, or systemic groomerism, as it's called. I will explain it in a moment after word from our friends at Oxford Gold Group with the world favoring online investing, stock markets, and cryptocurrencies. It almost seems archaic to invest in tangible assets. Yeah, we're going to talk more about the 60 Minutes a little bit later and the economy and where it's going and all that sort of stuff. There's Uh-oh. some scary yeah. stuff out there. You know, most of us barely carry cash nowadays, so uh, why would it be a good idea to invest in something physical that requires care and storage like gold coins and bars? Well, because it's been such a sound investment for banks, governments, businesses, and individuals for centuries, no matter what's happening in the world. Yeah, there are several reasons to look at gold. One primary advantage of uh, adding gold to your portfolio is its stability. Gold is also a good defense against inflation. Another popular advantage of investing gold is nobody knows you have it unless you tell them. And in the unlikely event of a massive financial crisis, you can use your gold as currency. Go to OxfordGoldGroup.com slash free and request the info kit today or make a purchase of precious metals and you may qualify for up to 10000 bucks in free precious metals. OxfordGoldGroup.com slash free. That's OxfordGoldGroup.com slash free. OxfordGoldGroup.com slash free. That reminds me, and I probably shouldn't do this, because if you want to get gold, use Oxford Gold Group. They're great people. I mean, we talked to them the other day. Really mm-hmm. good people. But I was, I was seeing one of those ads the other day on Fox with William Devane, with whatever gold group he's pushing. I don't even know what that is. And uh, But he was there, and he's out in the woods, and he's got his vest on, and he's got an axe. He's making firewood or whatever. He says, inflation is chopping into your savings like I'm chopping into this one. Oh, I get it. I get it. It's a good metaphor. Just like it. Oh, my God. It's really not like that at all. Because uh, now you got the same amount of wood, just sums over here and sums over there. <laughs> yeah, boy. 
Uh, so uh, this is uh, quoting the, the fabulous James Lindsay, who is one of the great uh, leading lights in fighting against the whole DEI woke madness. It all has to do with critical theory. You ought to read his book, or at least the first few chapters, with Helen Pluckrow's cynical theories. It explains the ideological origins of uh, critical theory and, and how it's uh, it's essentially it's a weapon. It, it's not a theory so much as a way to tear down society for a Marxist utopia. It's, just, it's a set of tools. And, and it's all weirdly related, critical race theory, queer theory, radical gender theory, all of it. And, and the, each kind of quadrant of it just pretends that they're completely down with the other quadrant of it, even though they're unrelated because they're all bent on tearing down society. So anyway, uh, he's talking about Canada specifically, but a lot of this is going on in the United States. So don't be distracted by that. Uh, he's, he's, he says, we're seeing a lot of systemic groomerism taking place in the Canadian left today. It's legally dicey to call Canadians groomers. So it's important we have a discussion about s- systemic groomerism so people can understand what it's about. And just James is so gifted at explaining things that are a little murky and complicated in a simple way. So I'll hit you with part of this. Sexual grooming of children could take place in a vacuum like a, a, a child molester does. And we're all familiar with the idea of grooming a child, I think, aren't we? Uh, and many people assume that's the only way it manifests. But frequently, sexual grooming of children takes place systemically through an institutionalized and normalized social fabric that enables grooming behaviors. And he says, so don't focus on individual groomers when we're talking about this. Queer theory, sometimes radical gender ideology, is a cult social doctrine that facilitates systemic groomerism. While it is not necessary that any particular queer activist or ally is themselves a groomer, they participate in a mode of social behavior that enables grooming. Queer theory, for example, explicitly challenges the idea, did you know this? Queer theory explicitly challenges the idea of childhood innocence and that children are non-sexual and should be non-sexual. They I, attempt did not, to ob- I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they attempt to obscure the fact that boy lovers, in quote, uh, quotes, are in fact child predators by making pedophilia out to be an oppressed sexual identity. That's part of the thing. Pedophilia is very normal. It's could, a, They're boy lovers. It's you, not a sickness. Can you come up with a reason why you would believe that or push that other than you're into children sexually? Oh, unless you believe this stuff, and I, I suppose there are some radical nutjobs who do. Um I don't know. I can't get inside their minds. They're aren't, too too crazy and sick. Aren't ninety nine point nine percent of us wired to find that abhorrent just naturally? You would think so, yeah. But they also challenge devent- developmentalism and parental authority, like the whole parental rights thing. Well, it's a vicious battle going on online right now because the the far left, the radical left, is saying there's no such thing as parental authority. We heard that professor the other day say the only reason. You're allowed to be a parent to your child is because the government lets you be. So they're against that. Um, And I'll get to developmentalism in a second, but all of these activities uphold a system of grooming that enables child sexual abuse, grooming by predators, challenging childhood innocence in favor of queer initiation, opens children up to groomers and normalizes inappropriate sexual themes with them, as do groomers. Challenging de- developmentalism, which is the belief in child developmental psychology that there's something is age, something like age appropriateness, that as a child develops, 
they are ready to handle more and more and get closer to understanding sex and sexuality. They reject that. Hence the genderbred person. They want kids in kindergarten talking about sex and sexuality. There's no such thing as uh, as age appropriateness among these people. It's another open door to cross generation generational relationship with minors, i.e. grooming. Queer theory does this, so queer activists and allies participate in it. One more little bit. Challenging parental authority, especially while overcoming parental resistance, is classic groomer behavior. Again, challenging parental authority and overcoming parental mm, resistance. Right. While every queer activist and ally might not be doing this, many do. In fact, parental rights is a central issue of contention in the current Canadian uh, flap. Treating sex and sexuality as a, quote, preparatory introduction to alternate modes of kinship. Coded as queer world-making, an explicit goal of queer activism also facilitates grooming by opening children up and normalizing these themes with non-family adults. The whole, where did drag queen story hour come from? What the hell is going on with that all right. of a sudden? Right. It's introducing sex and sexuality to children. Weird, man. Like I said, aren't most of us wired to find that abhorrent just automatically? That's what I don't get. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the answer to that question. I, I certainly would hope so. Um, and again, not every like activist in this stuff is trying to like to actively groom children for molestation. Right, right. But they're doing all the stuff you do as a child molester. You know, get between the kid and their parents. I really understand you. I listen to you. Do your parents? No, they don't. Then introducing sexualized material, porn. Showing kids porn is the number one way groomers try to set up a, a molestation. Ugh. Introducing kids to sexualized material. It's sick. Fight it. So the Super Bowl is this Sunday? I understand tickets are still available. Maybe it's because they're so danged expensive. Um, the uh, Fed chairman talking about inflation on 60 Minutes last night. A lot more stuff to talk about. Hope you can stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen. Excitement building with a very Vegas welcome for both teams. Sin City urging the 49ers to do it for the Bay as the team landed overnight. 
getting ready to take on the chief superstars like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And how about a seat to watch them face off? StubHub has more than 3,000 tickets still available. It would set you back $5,500, but that's not deterring fans. In fact, sales have already surpassed last year's Super Bowl. Okay, Some I, 330. I don't, I don't know what that means. Um, sales have surpassed last year's Super Bowl, but tickets are still I'm available. Guessing it's because it's a bigger stadium. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. Right, that's um, an odd thing to say. Or did she mean on StubHub? But so, do you what understand how StubHub works? I mean, this is what a lot of people do, and I don't blame them. They have tickets. And they'd kind of like to go, but they'll put it up there at a ridiculous price. If you're willing to pay this much, I'll watch on my TV. If nobody's willing to go, you know, pay mm-hmm. this much, I'll, I'll go ahead and go to the game. Well, lots of people do that for every event. Sure. In it real estate, they call it the make me move offer. Oh, right. It's like if you're, if you're ever in Carmel or various places like that, half the houses are for sale. They're hoping some billionaire oil sheik walks by and thinks, man, I'd like to have this cow's house. And they call that number and buy it. It's not, they're not actually trying to sell their house. Most right. cases. Yeah. Yeah. You want to give me $10 million, I'll move, but otherwise I'll stay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that doesn't mean tickets are still available. It just that doesn't mean anything, really. Of course, that's... No, that was, that was the world's least useful statistic right there. That's your classic... Surpassing last year's sales. That's your... I don't even know what that means. That's your classic drive-by media. You're, you, were, you, you knew more before you heard that story. <laughs> um, yes, Michael. It would be tempting to show up in Vegas at game time and just hang around around the first quarter and see how those ticket prices dropped and yeah. maybe grab one. I've gotten into many yeah. events for a good price. If you're willing to risk, you might have to walk across the street and watch it at the bar. By, you know, wait until kickoff. It's worked many times for me. Um, uh, so they just showed Patrick Mahomes walking down the steps there in Vegas. His dad got arrested for DUI yesterday. Patrick Mahomes Sr., who was in Tyler, Texas. Is that where he lives? I don't know. Um, but uh, he's had a number of DUIs. He spent 40 days in jail just a couple of years ago for his second DUI, and now he's got another one. Your son's a half a billionaire. Can he... Uh, Get you an Uber card or something like that. I don't have any idea what their relationship is, his mom and dad. His dad's black, his mom's white, and they've been divorced for a while. His dad was a Major League ball player, is that right? Yeah. That's where he got his rocket arm? Yeah, Major League baseball player, pitcher for quite a few years. Not just like a, uh, um, a, you know, 11 seasons in Major League Baseball. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I'd I'd forgotten that. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, really, seriously. Your your son's like one of the most successful people in the. Uh, get one of those little uh, Uber things where you can call anytime you want to and for free right around. Get as hammered yeah. as you want. Just don't go get in your car again. Was he hammered, hammered, or was he close? I wonder if he. I don't know. I wonder. As a cop, that's got to be a tough one when you pull over and you look at the driver's license and it says Patrick Mahomes Senior. God. It was uh, his third DUI. Am I sure he's drunk? Oh wow! Wow. Was that on the air or just in our ears, Michael? Uh, on the air, tell. third DUI. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I read. Yeah, wow. Well, the guy's got a problem then, clearly. That's what I'm saying. Then how about a little GoFundMe own... for Uber or something? Yeah. Or your own chauffeur. I mean, you're, Patrick Mahomes is wealthy enough. His dad could have a chauffeur that follows him around 24 hours a day. <laughs> I mean, he could afford it easily. Well, his yeah. only job is to jump in the car and drive if dad's too hammered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still a two-point favorite for the Chiefs is roughly the line on that game. By the way, if you're planning on dropping 5K to go watch the game. 
Well, that reminds me. Did you watch the third story on 60 Minutes about uh, sports betting and gambling I and want, gambling I'll, addiction? I wanted to talk about that and see what you thought about it. I just watched part of it because Judy and I had an appointment to watch something else, uh, but uh, well, I think I can guess the rest. Yeah, we'll have to get to that later in the show because that's a pretty interesting topic. The prevalence of gambling everywhere, any place, easily is leading to more gambling addicts. That's not surprising. Or just uh, more yeah. exposure. A lot more on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. and Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 